Hey, Real Nerds listeners, your favorite host, Ryan, here to remind you that social media is great. How great is it? There's many ways you can find the Real Nerds on social media. You can download us on iTunes. You can listen to us streaming on Stitcher Radio. You can call us 720-6Nerds5. Aw, man, our website is so cool. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You want to leave some fan mail? Oh, that's so easy, realnerds at gmail.com. Twitter, we got it, at real underscore nerds. You can even like us on Facebook. Thank you so much, and hey, enjoy the show. Welcome to Real Nerds at Denver Comic-Con 2015. We hope you enjoy the following interview. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast live at Denver Comic-Con. I am sitting here for the very first interview we're doing here on Saturday morning. Introduce yourself. My name is Alex Stewart, and I uh, am loving Comic-Con today. Well, I mean, that's a little bit... It's been like 10 minutes, Alex. Like, come on. How much fun could you have had in 10 minutes? Dude, I've taken a picture with the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. All right, that's pretty good. I have taken a picture with a 55-year-old Super Mario. All right. Who was pretty awesome. Um, I just... Was it, was it like a guy in a Super Mario outfit, or had he, like, grown his hair to... Like, did he look like Super Mario? Or... He, he was lo- he even dressed up? I think so. I He looked like he realized, you know, I I look like Mario, I should just probably go as Mario. It was the lowest common denominator <laughs> kind of costume. But he was pretty awesome. Cool. Very cool. Uh, well, what brings you to the show today? Um, well, a huge nerd. I just, I love coming to these things. This is actually my first time at Comic-Con. Cool. I've usually gone to places like Starfest, things like that. Yeah. And something on this level it's is <laughs> incredible. It's and, a little bit bigger than Starfest. And extremely overwhelming. Like, yeah. extremely overwhelming. I... I have not seen so much cosplay in one place. Yeah, it's cool. And they're good ones, too. Oh, like, absolutely. And if, even if they're not great, they're usually passionate, which is better, right? I agree. Like, I they're agree. the ones where you're like, okay, I mean, you made it out of cardboard, but boy, do you care. Well, and I think that's one cool thing here is I didn't realize that this one was so, like, bent towards the education side, uh-huh. where they actually have the panels where you can talk about how to up your cosplay game, yeah. how to do cosplay on a budget is one of the ones that I saw. And I think that's awesome. I, I personally don't have the courage to cosplay, <laughs> but if I did, I would be, I've been walking around thinking the whole time, what would I dress up as yeah. if I were to take that leap? See, I'm, I'm fat and bearded, which means the list of things that I can cosplay as are really limited. Like, I, I can't be Sailor Moon. I just can't pull it off. Dude, I don't know. I actually saw a um, a girl who was dressed up as the main character from Assassin's Creed. Oh hell yeah! And she even took the time to create the facial hair for it. Oh, so I feel like I don't think that size, gender, anything really matters as far <laughs> as cos- cosplay goes. Here, all is gay. Very fair. Very fair. Cool. Well, we were talking just a second ago. You actually uh, teach here in Denver. What do you teach? Yes, I teach at a school called Cherry Creek Options. Cool. And uh, I teach filmmaking. And I also teach an adaptations class where we uh, we read the, the text and then watch the film and compare the two using adaptation theory. So that one's actually pretty awesome too. That's very cool. Yeah. What, what is the um, what are the like texts that you guys that you tend to use as canon? Like, what are the things you use, usually go to? You know, I I don't necessarily adhere to the typical 
literary canon that a lot of people do because sure. I want to engage the students. But this uh, this last semester, we um, we focused on with my high schoolers. We focused on the graphic novelization of Hamlet. Cool. And then we watched The Lion King and compared and contrasted the two, Perfect. and actually had a huge debate as to whether or not The Lion King is a true adaptation of uh, there's Hamlet. There's no there's no incest in The Lion King, so unfortunately, uh, I don't. I think it's pretty far off. Well, in the original script, I heard there was, but Disney cut it <laughs> for you know for obvious, obvious reasons. reasons. They were reading through, going like. Are you serious? You know we're Disney, right? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? But if you think about it, one of my students pointed this out to me, that technically the lions, the way the pride works, it's very incestuous. So True. technically, on if we're looking at the animal I, kingdom. I would argue that the imagery is there. Yes. Right? Like, you have, like, Scar, and then you've got all the ladies in his, like, lady cave. Like, exactly. It's his pretty arrow. clear. Right. If you were an adult, you're watching this going like, oh, snap. There is some dark shit going on in this, like, lion cave. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's all there. And uh, my filmmaking class, essentially, I, I teach kids how to write, shoot, edit, and present uh, their short films. Very and cool. during the summer, we actually have a two-week-long summer film camp that I teach. Yeah. That is really, really awesome. We're able to get together all day long, uh, use professional quality film equipment, and these kids just take the reins and create their own projects. And eventually I would love for them to be able to showcase them at student film festivals, things like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Are you like are you aware of Pop Culture Classroom and like what DCC is actually about? No, I am not. Oh, snap. Okay, yeah. so like we talked about this before. I mean, you you mentioned the whole thing about there being more education and I thought this is where you were going. So Denver Comic Con is different than any other convention in the country in that it's not just like, hey, here's a place for geeks to get together. It's actually a fundraiser for this little thing in Denver, little in quotes. Uh, this thing in Denver called Pop Culture Classroom mm-hmm. um, that is specifically geared to go around and use pop culture, and originally it was comic books, to teach kids reading, fundamentals, that kind of stuff. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so that's really what everything that's going on here is in service to. So all the panels, all the stuff that's going on, before every panel, you'll hear somebody get up there and say something about Pop Culture Classroom to remind people that that's why we're really here. Well, um, I, I, it's what makes everybody different than, like, like Salt Lake City Con has been getting a lot bigger mm-hmm. in the last couple of years. But it's, like, it's a totally different thing. Like, they're not, they're not trying to do something good with this. Where Denver Comic Con is, is decidedly different than everybody else. Oh, without a doubt. Oh, and one thing that I think is awesome, I was looking through some of the panels, and one of them is, comic books are in the classroom, now what? Yeah, And uh, I went over to Metro, that's where I got my degree, and mm-hmm. one of the professors over at Metro is actually on the panel talking about incorporating graphic novels more efficiently and effectively in the classroom. Yeah. And it's, to me, I say it's about time. Yeah. I mean, as an educator, I see that the, the main forms of art aren't typical text in a book reading that kids are interacting with now. Right. And so we have to engage them on an artistic level in order for them to feel like school has relevancy. Absolutely. And so if we're able to bring digital media in, if we're able to to bring film, graphic novelization, television, whatever we can, and teach them our artistic principles of education through those mediums, it's only going to be super effective on both sides. Kids are going to be stoked and entertained, and they're also going to be learning something. 100%. I mean, you even even with the class that you teach now, I was an English major in, in, uh, in college, and, you know, the... the the canon is built to tailor to people like me who mm-hmm. are interested in those books. Yeah. But yeah. For, for everybody else out there, they may watch Star Wars and be like, oh, this is really fun. But there, there are fundamentals about storytelling in 
the way that Star Wars is written, yes. that you could use something like that to teach kids about storytelling and about you know how to read characters and that kind of stuff. Um, and you could meet a lot of people in with different interests on different paths in life uh, who have a different skill level by utilizing those tools in a really effective way. Absolutely. It's, a, it's an exciting thing. And well, so it's really cool that you're doing that as well. Well, thank you. I think the coolest thing for me is to, well, there's two things that are awesome that I get for feedback from students. Is One of them is halfway through the semester, I'll always get kids being like, wait, this sounds a lot like a language arts class. <laughs> And I'm like, you've been in a language arts class for the past 14 weeks. Right. You just haven't realized it. Yeah. And that's kind of an awesome thing when kids realize that they're learning something, but they're doing it in such a fun way that it doesn't have the connotation of being like a language arts class or whatever. Yeah. And the second thing is I always get feedback now of I never watch movies the same anymore. Yeah. Which I think is awesome. I have these kids being able to come in and talk about characterization, talk about theme, talk about metaphor that they're seeing in all of these films. And it's super exciting as somebody who's super excited about films yeah. and super excited about getting kids engaged in the media that they're watching. Yeah. It is also, though, absolutely a curse because it means that you go and you watch a movie and you're like, halfway through you're like this is shit yeah this yeah. should be fun but this is absolute shit yes yeah exactly no, it's, it's not great you're unva- yeah. you're, you're actually damaging children i want you to know that in honestly. a roundabout way i'm lifting the veil in a negative way right <laughs> <laughs> very cool well if, if when people hear this is there a way they can support you or that they can that they can come and participate or what can they do well yeah i uh if you're if you're homeschooled because it's actually for a homeschool program oh cool yeah, yeah so if you're homeschooled check out uh orchard options school or um, Den- or excuse me, Orchard and Greenwood Option School. Cool. And then if you want to, um, if you want to get into the uh, film camp, just shoot an email over to me at thealexstewart at gmail.com. Sweet. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Alex. Keep it up. This sounds really cool. Pleasure, man. Thanks man. for having me. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Real Nerds interview at Denver Comic-Con 2015, and we'll see you next year. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6nerds5 and download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.